WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning. Glad you're here at the top of the 6 o'clock hour for our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 in the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a measles emergency. Details in one minute. The ACLU issues a statewide travel alert in Florida. Will you hear what this is all about? And you will next on Good Morning Orlando. New York City is declaring a public health emergency in Brooklyn and ordering vaccinations. Sharon Crowley of Fox 5 New York reports that comes in the wake of a measles outbreak that's threatening to get out of control. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio issuing an executive order telling Brooklyn's ultra-Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods to get their children vaccinated in the next 48 hours or face a $1,000 fine. Children are in danger. Health officials are up against a small but defiant resistance here. This Brooklyn mother of five says it's against her religious beliefs to immunize her children. I will never, ever, ever vaccinate. The CDC said in the year 2000 they considered measles a eradicated in the United States. Now some 19 states have cases of the measles. And that includes Florida. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Emotional testimony is expected today in South Florida as the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission reconvenes. Commission members will take a critical eye to the way family members were reunified after the Parkland tragedy and how others were told their loved ones were not coming back. Ryan Petty lost his daughter that day. I can't imagine it. Uh, that it could have been handled any worse than it was by the Broward Sheriff's Office. After listening to other victims' parents and to lessons learned from the Orlando Pulse attack, he hopes they'll be able to offer recommendations to law enforcement. Heaven forbid there are, there are future families that have to deal with a tragedy of this or similar magnitude don't have to be put through the agony that our families were put through. Eric Rodriguez, Miami. Governor Ron DeSantis announcing his first overseas trip. Starting on May 25th, he'll lead a trade delegation to Israel. A man handing out $20 bills to pay for the meals of other customers at a Gainesville Waffle House is dead. There is actual video evidence of the homicide occurring. We will now spend the days, weeks, and months ahead to figure out why it happened. Alachua County Sheriff's Lieutenant Brett Rodenheiser. Witnesses say early Tuesday morning, 41-year-old Craig Brewer was picking up customers' tabs when he got into an argument with a woman apparently upset because he had not paid for her meal. Her friend allegedly left the Waffle House, came back with a gun, and shot Brewer in the head. 25-year-old Ezekiel Hicks was arrested at the scene. There may be more to this story than we know, Alan. Right now, it looks like a good Samaritan, you know, who lost his life for trying to do a good thing for people he thought might be able to use a little help paying for the... Uh, for the, for the breakfast tab. An incredible story, at least at this point. Sure is. SpaceX on schedule to launch a Falcon Heavy rocket and a Saudi Arabian communications satellite from Kennedy Space Center tonight. The weather forecast is 80% go for liftoff at 636. Dwayne Wade made his final home game in Miami, a night to remember, scoring 30 points as the Heat beat Philadelphia 122-99. to Wade says he went out his way. 
for some reason, Kobe set this incredible bar that your last game you got to score 60. I don't know why everybody think everybody's going to do that, but I told everybody I'm going to go out, you know, in D-Wade fashion. However, because Detroit also won and the Pistons owned the tiebreaker, Wade and the Heat were eliminated from playoff contention. WFLA News Time is 6.05. Parents dump gasoline on a wet high school baseball field and light a fire to try to dry it out. How do you think that went? <laughs> you're, you're probably right, and you can find out online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. There has to be a better way than lighting the infield on fire. When you see the video, it'll blow you away. It yeah. kind of redefines the baseball concept of hot corner. Yeah, wow. right out. <laughs> and this was a group of people who came up with this idea. <laughs> you know, supposedly when a group gets together, you know, I mean, oh, no. it, it, there, there's a collective intelligence. I think it kind of went the other way here. Yeah, a committee of stupidity. I huh? think it was a great idea. It's <laughs> oh, unbelievable. I got a match. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, my dad has some gas in the garage. <laughs> this will be fun. You're all familiar with the concept of State Department travel alerts and warnings for Americans. You know, you don't want to go to this country. You're liable to get your brains blown out. You're liable to get taken hostage, you know, by the Taliban or by some terrorist outfit in Syria or whatever, okay? We see those periodically. I can't ever remember there being a Florida travel alert put out in the way it has just been done by the liberal ACLU and other groups. And we'll tell you what this is all about. You talk about demagoguing and fear-mongering. This is the very definition of it. The issue is sanctuary cities and federal law and illegal immigration. Behind the travel alert coming right up. We have an alert for you in seconds, a chance... For you to make your wallet great again, win $1,000 in our texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour to be announced in moments. Text that keyword to 200-200. If you are a winner, you'll get a notification call from area code 513. So answer it. Darn it. That's Listen. mandatory. You yeah. have to answer it. I, am t- I Alan Spector, of commanding you to answer any call you get from area code 513 great. from great. now and forever <laughs> listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win a thousand dollars and make your wallet great again and we're just two minutes away from an update of orlando's news weather and traffic it's 607 on good morning orlando political headlines now locally there's going to be a new face on the winter park city commission todd weaver has beaten incumbent pete weldon in yesterday's runoff race for seat four the 63 year old weaver won with more than 52 percent of the vote and he will serve a three-year term on the winter park city commission updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on good morning orlando welcome to the 50,000 watt front porch news radio 93.1 wfla We've been following the uh, legislative session in Tallahassee, which uh, which continues. And um, we've also been talking about these bills uh, to deal with sanctuary city policies in the state of Florida. And that is what has sparked the left to go apoplectic and the ACLU to be the lead dog in issuing this totally fear-mongering, over-the-top Florida 
travel alert and warning. Uh, I'll tell you what's in it in a moment, but first let me tell you what's in these bills. Um, We're talking about Senate Bill 168 and House Bill 527. They would require, you know, if passed and signed by the governor, require local law enforcement authorities to honor all requests made by uh, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the ICE folks, uh, to detain undocumented immigrants. That's what it. That's what it would do. Nowhere in the travel alert, driven by the ACLU and other extreme left-wing groups who are pro-illegal immigration and open borders, basically, nowhere can I find the term illegal immigrants. Once again, the left completely blurs or just wipes out the word. We're all who want control of the borders from Trump on down and control of immigration. We want legal immigration. We don't want illegal immigration, but they just think we're anti-immigration. So here is what the the travel alert says in part. Um, State of Florida travel alert. It depicts uh, the entire state of Florida in red. Traveling to Florida may result in violation of constitutional rights if Senate Bill 168 and House Bill 527 become state law. Warning, all travelers, all travelers, including U.S. citizens, should be advised you may encounter in Florida racial profiling, unjust detention, and deportation. It goes on further. It says if Florida, these two Florida bills pass, it would undermine local government's ability to protect the civil rights of their residents by forcing local officials to cooperate with ICE. It would also put immigrants at risk. Put immigrants at risk of violence, potentially forcing victims and witnesses to stay silent for fear of deportation. Both Florida residents, citizens, and non-citizens and travelers could face risks of being racially profiled and being detained without probable cause. Um, It goes on to say further, if these bills pass, Florida's black, brown, and Latino communities would be who would be subject to increased racial profiling, unjust detention, and possibly deportation. These bills put immigrants at risk of violence, potentially forcing thousands to stay silent for fear of being deported. And then they tell you what you need to do to avoid being swept up and swept away, which is a clear implication here. Memorize the phone number for a licensed immigration attorney. Discuss a plan with loved ones regarding care and custody of children, pets, property, and belongings. There's going to be that knock on the door in the middle of the night. You know, it's Nazi Germany (laughs) in 1941. Give me a break. And then they give you numbers to text to stay connected on the issues. Call the immigrant hotline, blah, 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 to learn about your constitutional right. Research detailed information about how to engage with law enforcement from the ACLU. Yaffe, this is the worst kind of demagoguing and fear-mongering led by the ACLU and like-minded groups. So is the ACLU now basically okay with illegal immigrants and illegal immigration? Because yeah, it I think sounds so. like that. Sure. I mean, we're not deporting legal immigrants. We're not just deporting anyone. We're deporting people who are here illegally. Right. Why is that controversial? 
They're right. breaking the law by being here illegally. And and this is all about the rule of law. This is all about the rule of law. This is getting, you know, the, these, these cities, you know, that have left-wing administrations, extreme liberal administrations, who are, you know, doing all they can to become sanctuary cities, although officially we don't have one in Florida. We have a lot of sanctuary city policies here. We have them in Orange County. We have them in Orlando. They are widespread. We're just trying to bring these statewide government entities into line with what is standing federal law right i don't know i was watching on twitter and uh, james wood you know the actor he responded he said laugh out loud travel advisory from the looney tunes at the once revered aclu regarding florida or hashtag cuba norte as it's affectionately called in miami it's amazing but listen to the broad the broad brush they're painting with here all right yeah. warning all travelers all travelers including U.S. citizens, should be advised. You, you know, you may encounter racial profiling, unjust attention, deportation. I feel like there should be that, you know, daylight. Yes. You know, this Absolute. scare tactics when sirens going off in the background. Well, I had to get to the bottom of it when I saw this come over yesterday. And uh, what do you think of what they're doing here? Um, the ACLU-led Florida Travel Alert, 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Washington headlines now. Attorney General Bill Barr says he hopes to release the redacted Mueller report within a week. At a House hearing yesterday, Barr said he's working to make as much of the report public as he can. Barr stressing that special counsel Robert Mueller played no role in crafting his four-page summary to Congress last month. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Yaffe, I know you talked about this ACLU-driven um, travel alert I yesterday did. for the ride home on uh, PM Orlando between 5 and 6. And, and it's interesting, is it not, how um, there's a complicit media here, you know, and, and you're running yep. into, um, you know, and newspaper editorials uh, that are fear-mongering as well and, and suggesting all kinds of things that will result if these two bills uh, become the law in the state of Florida. Um, and, and it is outrageous, you know, what's being put out there. It really is. Yeah, on last night's show, I read part of the Sun Sentinel editorial on this they're claiming that as a result of this bill, um, it would force police to ask for your papers, that you would have to bring your quote-unquote papers everywhere, that it would be racial profiling and all that. But there's nothing like that in this proposed bill. All it is saying is that they want, it's forcing local law enforcement to work with ICE. So if ICE asks them for something, it's just saying you have to work with them. That's yeah. it. That is it. It's not. It's not. It's not menacing in the way they're suggesting, and they're putting this thing out here, you know, for um, uh, for for everybody. I mean, they, they literally say, "Warning: All travelers, yeah, including U.S. citizens, you know, in, in, 
you'll you'll encounter you may encounter racial profiling, unjust detention, deportation, the whole thing. Yeah, all there's these things nothing you need to in do. the bill that forces cops to ask everyone their citizenship no. status. That's not what this is about. It's not profiling. It's none of that. And uh, it's weird, right? That you know the state of Florida would actually want to protect the U.S. Constitution and force U.S. immigration laws, things like that. No, they're, they're, they're making it sound like it's Third Reich stormtrooper right. tactics. For God's Honestly, sake. Honestly, do we want socialism and open borders here in Florida? No, no. We need to protect what's going on and ICE and working with them I think it's the best policy in ACLU way to scare the Democrats from coming down here and turning Florida into a blue state. This <laughs> yes. this strikes me as strange on two counts one when does the ACLU have the authority to issue travel alerts and two it's <laughs> a great point it's based on pending legislation laws that haven't even been approved yet. You forgot the word draconian. Sure draconian laws. We want to give you a little bit of lead time so you can cower in the basement. Well, I guess we don't have them here in Florida. No. You'll be underwater. To get all the doors nailed shut and all the windows boarded up. Stay off here the lanai. Stay off the lanai. You know, my biggest question when it comes to this, though, is they say we don't have any sanctuary cities here, so we don't need this law. Well, then what are you concerned about? If this law basically reinforces what they say is already true... What are you so scared of? If we don't have sanctuary cities, why do you care about a law reinforcing that truth? There you go. What Obviously are the textures? What are the textures saying? Um, one person said, "This issue with the ACLU is typical overreach and abuse of power by the left wing nuts." Um, uh, another person says, "Why does the left not get charged with embedding a criminal? They're protecting criminals and using American citizens as pawns." Anybody else, or are we done here? I'll give you one. What's the difference of screaming fire in a movie theater and these loony leftists scaring American citizens and illegal immigrants? These people are mental criminals and should pay a price for their lies. Thank you for contributing. Amazing. All right. But it's really, frankly, not surprising. I've just never seen anything quite like it. You know, I'm used to State Department travel alerts for dangerous places in the world that Americans should not go or would go at their their own risk. But here, to put Florida... I'm in still that category where our for legislation that is not about it. this and has yet to pass. <sighs> I guess I should never be surprised at what goes on here. And uh, we yeah. just try to keep you up to date on it as we keep abreast of it as well. If and there were no surprises, bud, we wouldn't have a show. You're absolutely right. And we definitely have news. And it's coming up, and my co-host Alan Spector has it. But state lawmakers are still fooling around with smokable medical marijuana. And infant deaths prompt a call for a recall. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes. It's 628 on Good Morning Orlando. So you thought smokable medical marijuana in Florida was a fully done deal? I guess not, Alan. Will it ever be? But state lawmakers are already trying to impose restrictions on smokable medical marijuana. The House Appropriations Committee approving a bill that would limit the content of euphoria-inducing THC to 10%. Sponsor Ray Rodriguez stresses that smokable medical marijuana has only been legal in Florida for two weeks. So it's not like these folks have been buying this product at MMTCs, and now uh, we're at a point where if this bill passes, they're going to lose something that they've had for a long time. Orlando Democrat Carlos Guillermo Smith fears the potential consequences. It's just going to incentivize people to get cannabis on the black market, which we don't want. The bill also includes a provision offering veterans free state-issued medical marijuana ID cards. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
Florida's highest court will decide if Governor Ron DeSantis had the authority to suspend Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. Israel claims DeSantis did not have the power to remove him, but a lower court sided with the governor last week. Israel appealed the decision, and DeSantis asked the 4th District Court of Appeal to send the case immediately to the state Supreme Court. The appeals court has agreed to the governor's request, saying issues raised by the case are of great public importance. A state Senate hearing on Israel's suspension is on hold. Rick Hoshul, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. A former SeaWorld corporate attorney is pleading guilty to securities fraud. Paul Powers admits to personally making thousands of dollars through insider trading last year. Federal prosecutors say he read confidential documents to determine the Orlando-based company would exceed Wall Street expectations in quarterly earnings. He then illegally purchased numerous shares of SeaWorld stock. Demands are growing for a company to recall a product that uh, that is linked to the deaths of infants. The American Academy of Pediatrics is calling on Fisher-Price to pull its rock-and-play sleeper. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is asking people to stop using them if their child is able to roll over in the sleeper. The commission and Fisher-Price issued a warning after reports came out about almost a dozen baby deaths linked to that sleeper, urging parents to keep kids three months or older out of it. That said, Fisher-Price is not yet issuing a recall, thinking the sleeper did not cause those deaths because some of the babies had previous medical conditions or the product was not used correctly. Ken Duffy, Fox News. The playoff-bound Orlando Magic finish their regular season schedule at Charlotte tonight. The Magic can be the 6th, 7th, or 8th seed in the NBA's Eastern Conference. They're tied with Brooklyn for 6th, but the Nets hold the tiebreaker, and Brooklyn hosts the Miami Heat tonight. WFLA News Time is 6.35. Be listening just after the top of the hour for your next chance to make your wallet great again. When we announce the keyword of the hour, text it to 200-200 and you could win $1,000. Headlines right now. The news is getting worse for Aunt Becky. Actress Lori Loughlin of the sitcoms Full House and Fuller House and her husband are being formally indicted by a federal grand jury in that massive college cheating scam. The U.S. attorney saying the couple faces charges of conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud and a new count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. Others are pleading guilty, too, and could face long prison terms. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Looney Tunes, what other theme music could there be? When you're prying open the Looney Left file, and we're back in it again this morning. Bernie Sanders, I mean, he carries the banner for the socialist movement in this country. The Vermont senator who caucuses with the Democrats, you know, but is a proud socialist and always rails on the the uneven distribution of wealth in the capitalist system in America and the whole system needs to be redone. Is it possible for Bernie to continue to carry the socialist banner when all of a sudden he is the beneficiary of our capitalist system? You've heard him before rail on millionaires and billionaires. Listen to this. 
Billionaires and billionaires and billionaires and billionaires. Millionaires and billionaires. Millionaires and billionaires. Millionaire and billionaire. Millionaires and billionaires. Billionaires and millionaires. Billionaires. Guess what? It's true. I'm a millionaire. I'm going to release my tax returns. Next Monday on tax day, I sold a book. I became a millionaire. This is what he was saying. If you got a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire too. Wow. Bernie Sanders admits he's a millionaire and he's going to release his tax returns. And Yaffe, he's been very reluctant to do that, but it's been an untenable position because he's the ultimate Trump basher. and He's been bashing Trump on not releasing his tax returns. And Trump's people are saying the Democrats are never going to get a hold of my tax returns. But anyway, Bernie's finally coughed him up here. Now, can he still lead the socialist movement when he's a millionaire? Well, I was thinking, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to donate more to the government then. You know, he keeps saying millionaires and billionaires need to pay higher taxes. Well, you can do that voluntarily, Mr. Bernie Sanders. If you think you should pay more taxes, go not, ahead not, and do it. Not so fast, Mr. Yaffe. Hold your horses down there in Orlando. <laughs> not so fast. Yeah. I have an idea he'll just spin it. See, it's proof. It's proof it's rigged against you working people. <laughs> he probably will. Yeah, he'll See, do something like spin that. it, man. That's how politicians do. So what do you think? Bernie says, yeah, it's true. I'm a millionaire. 407-916-5400. He's probably, uh, you know, of, of all the people who have ever said, you know what, I've become a millionaire, you know, he's the guy who had who was choking on the words and having more trouble with probably. it than anybody else would. Amazing. 407-916-5400 if you want to weigh in on that. Uh, entry in the loony left file this morning, Bernie's a millionaire. I love it. At any rate, um... Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. And then there is this. MSNBC is retooling. Its ratings have cratered since the Mueller report came out and didn't really hang Trump out to dry. So now what are they doing? They are willing to go after Trump anyway, anyhow, with anyone. They had a guy on MSNBC on Michelle Wallace's uh, Deadline White House show earlier this week who is a security expert, former director of counterintelligence for the FBI, and one of their contributors on the left-wing MSNBC cable outlet. His name is Frank Figliusi. Now, you know Trump has been firing people, you know, ever since The Apprentice Show, and he's continued it as president as he tries to find the right people to carry out the agenda that he promised for the American people who elected him. And he's been firing people internally recently, of course, in Homeland Security. Got rid of Nielsen and others. The uh, Secret Service uh, guy is gone, and et cetera. And all of a sudden, this guy shows up, supposedly as their big security and counter-intel expert, Frank Figliusi, making the case that Trump is engaging in workplace violence by firing more and more people. Listen to this. What we talked about was a possible analogy between what we're seeing in the president and, and studies of violence and acting out, particularly workplace violence. The question we have to ask ourselves from a behavioral uh, sense is, are we watching a president essentially on, on his way to a, what we call a flashpoint? And, and are we now beginning to see him act out in the form of purging? and mass firing and completely not listening to any logic. Are we essentially watching a workplace violence incident play out at the highest level of our government? And is he acting out now? And where does this go, if I'm right about that? 
I've been fired a couple of times in my long broadcasting career, and I haven't liked the experience, and I'm sure you haven't if it's happened to you. Yaffe, never once did I consider myself the victim of an act of (laughs) workplace violence. Although I say I had a few thoughts about perpetrating a little in the wake of that experience. (laughs) Well, Well, don't they call it lowering the hatchet or something, or... I mean, it's a it's burying the hatchet. Burying the hatchet and no, lowering the boom. That's the one when they, they sweep everybody out. Uh, well, I mean, gee, workplace violence, whatever I, it is. I, I mean, I lost my job. It's violent. I mean, how 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 advanced does your case of Trump derangement syndrome have to be that you consider the fact that the president is firing lots of people and he is undeniably trying to get the right team in place? Okay that that somehow is an active workplace violence. I was going to say, you weren't fired by Trump. That's the, only, that's the only difference. If you were fired by Trump, then it would be workplace You're violence. Bud. You ever been canned, Alan? <laughs> ah. Yes, I work in radio, bud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I've worked in radio and in TV, and I understand how this business works, and a lot of folks are listening, and it works that way in their business as well. You know, if the boss wants somebody else, you get fired. Yeah, I've been counting on Orlando uh, area listeners to follow me up and down the radio dial over the past several decades. You've been everywhere. We're just glad you're here. Thank you. Um, You know, but uh, uh, I don't imagine you've ever considered it to be an act of workplace violence. No. As you said, you know, there are some thoughts that go through your head when these things happen. (laughs) But, you know, you suppress them and you move on. So you're saying is that if you were getting fired, you would be the one perpetrating possible workplace violence, not the other way no, around. I'm not advocating that in any way, no. shape, or form. But you know the thoughts you right? get, the yeah. fantasies that you have when that kind of thing goes down. We're not advocating that from these microphones, no, okay? I've, no, I, I didn't feel violence. I did feel violated when I was let go. Yeah. So, Yep, absolutely. And, and it lingers. Anyway, um, the Looney Left File, for what it is worth, Bernie's a millionaire, a president called by a lefty on MSNBC, a man engaging inside the White House in workplace violence by firing these people. I mean, he's right on the edge. That's the loony left file. What do you think? 407-916-5400, text line 23680 with standard message and data rate supply. So you're next right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes right here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now, and we talked about this a bit on the business report with Gina, but Boeing's shareholders are taking legal action against the company over its grounded 737 fleet of MAX 8 and 9 jetliners. The class action lawsuit demanding damages for securities fraud violations, citing a $34 billion loss in Boeing's stock value in the weeks following the crash of the Ethiopian Airlines 737 MAX jet last month. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories throughout the morning for you here on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Alan Spector along with the Bud Man, Yaffe and Melissa. Bud just opened the loony left file and we found out that the President Trump, uh, because he's firing people, is being accused of workplace violence and also Bernie Williams Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams. What do you mean, the old center fielder for the Yankees? Was a great center fielder for the New York Yankees. (laughs) You've got too much Yankee fan in you, and it seeps out. (laughs) Yes, Bernie. I wanted to talk about Bernie Sanders, who is now a millionaire, and Susan from Castleberry is on the phone to talk about Bernie. Good morning, Susan. Hi, good morning, Alan. 
Um, yeah, I just want to say that I'm someone that I definitely consider myself a progressive, and I don't have any problem with people being millionaires or billionaires. What the problem is is when they want to not pay their fair share in taxes, when they want to uh, use tax shelters and end up being like corporations like Amazon and Netflix that end up paying zero in taxes when they make billions of dollars. That's where we have the problem. If someone's a millionaire, good for them. I don't, I don't care. i got to ask you, Susan. I mean, Bernie's always railing on the 1%. He's now part of it. What he rails on about the 1% is not the fact that they are in the 1%, but the fact that the reason why some of them are is because um, they're not paying their fair share in taxes. That's how they're, And that's where the income inequality comes into play. They, the ones that own the corporations, they underpay their people. They do tax shelters so that they themselves don't pay any taxes. That's where the problem lies, not the fact that they're making a lot of money. Yeah, and we should find out more about Bernie's finances in the next few days. Exactly, he's, and he's, I have every faith that he's going to be doing the right thing and paying his fair share of taxes. Yeah, he's promised to release 10 years of tax oh, returns. Oh, we'll Good. see if I, he I paid his he fair share. I don't think he has to worry about. <laughs> I don't like know. Trump. That'll I'm be like interesting. Trump. I don't think he has anything to worry uh, about. Yeah, I wonder. But, um... Um, she does bring up a good point that conservatives and uh, liberals should be able to agree on, and that's corporate welfare. I think conservatives and people on the left both understand that corporate welfare has gotten out of hand. You know, when big companies are not paying any taxes because they're getting all these extra benefits from the government, that's something both sides, I think, should agree on. That being said, Bernie Sanders is about way more than just that. He's also about massively expanding the welfare state, massively expanding the tax rates, massively expanding government control in our lives. Free stuff. goes way beyond just fair capitalism. Thanks, Susan. Great to have you on the left side of the 50,000-watt front porch. Let's not forget the textures there, Melissa. I got one. Hey, good morning, guys. Bernie Sanders is a millionaire because he promotes fair capitalism. He earned his money fairly, but he also would like to help the poor reach livable standards. Yeah, you know, and I also want to point out that former New York Yankee Bernie Williams is probably <laughs> well, also oh, on <laughs> also wait, wait, wait. a millionaire because he had a baseball career and now he has a music career. He's a great jazz guitarist. <laughs> okay, so he made it all <laughs> so, legit. So we God, know who we know. Alan Spector's voting for in the next election. <laughs> so <laughs> Bernie Williams. Uh, yes. Are you telling me that these guys who know how to manipulate the laws that are in place that we could change as voters? <clears throat> Uh, and that's a problem. I'm just confused because Bernie made his money legally, right? I mean, the houses, all that three houses and the book thing. And oh, maybe we'll find out more when the tax returns Clinton come out. He sure was reluctant to release him. Yep. And that, that goes back before he was making book money. Uh, so we'll have to see, you know. He's been pretty reluctant to do that. Now he's one of those millionaires that he never liked. The millionaires. The 1%. We don't like them. And the billionaires, they're worse. Until I become one of them, then they're better. <laughs> hey, somebody's giving us props for the way the show unfolds here this morning. Anybody want to read that? I feel like it's too much slapping myself on the back if I read it. Oh, I'll read it. <laughs> Go ahead. The four of you have a great dynamic going. I hope none of you experience any workplace violence for a long while. <laughs> you guys make the morning news fun with your witty exchanges. We appreciate it. We have a good time here, even though sometimes we're dealing with some pretty heavy-duty stuff. And you know what? Interfacing with this great audience uh, is, is part of the fun, isn't it, Alan? Oh, definitely. No doubt about it.
WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Wednesday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the Parkland Commission gets back at it today, more in one minute. I see evidence Florida lawmakers are going soft on crime. We need to talk about this, and we will next on Good Morning Orlando. Meeting for a second day today in South Florida, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Commission will focus on the process of reunification and death notification. It's a process that Commissioner Ryan Petty is all too familiar with. His daughter died in the mass shooting at Parkland. That was absolutely the most awful day our family has ever experienced, and to couple that with just the inept uh, handling of the whole scenario left uh, just leaves a lot to be desired. The commission is planning to issue another round of recommendations to state lawmakers. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The first launch of a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket carrying a commercial payload is still set for this evening from Kennedy Space Center. The weather forecast is 80% go when the nearly two-hour launch window opens at 6.36 p.m. The rocket will send a Saudi Arabian communications satellite into orbit. Ron DeSantis will make his first overseas trip as governor next month when he leads a trade delegation to Israel. We look to build more technology in Florida. You know, Israel is going to be a place that we want to look to help those efforts. Specifically, DeSantis would like to work with water experts in Israel who might have expertise that could alleviate Lake Okeechobee's blue-green algae. The governor also announced the Florida cabinet will hold a meeting in the new U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. I don't think that's ever been done. Road trip for the cabinet. How about that? Overseas. In the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about whether or not the very popular Ron DeSantis right now could be a key to a Trump second term. Stay with us for that. All right, bud. WFTV is reporting that the director of the Transportation Security Administration at Orlando International Airport has been replaced indefinitely. Jerry Henderson had been criticized by the TSA Officers Union, which claims he and other managers allowed bullying and retaliation. The union believes those were factors in the suicide of a TSA officer who killed himself by jumping off a balcony at OIA two months ago. On Capitol Hill, Attorney General William Barr was on the hot seat in front of lawmakers who want more information about the Mueller report. Democrats pressed and pressed and pressed for Attorney General William Barr to turn over the full special counsel Robert Mueller report to lawmakers. Florida Democrat Congressman Charlie Crist tried to drill down with Barr on his bottom line conclusion from the Mueller report. Can you elaborate on what is meant by does not exonerate the president? That's a statement made by the special counsel. Right. I reported as one of his bottom line conclusions, so I'm not in a position to discuss that further until the report is all out. On Capitol Hill, Mike Emanuel, Fox News. It was fun to watch Barr yesterday. He's a cool customer and an old hand, and they couldn't shake him. It was really interesting. It really was. At Miami, future NBA Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade scored 30 points in his final home game last night as the Heat beat the Sixers 122-99. to Everything I've done has led up to this moment. You know, it's like all the body of work, you know, all the injuries, all the surgeries, um, you know, all the tough times. It led up to this moment, man. I couldn't have asked for a better ending. Unfortunately, Wade and the Heat have now been eliminated from the playoffs. 
WFLA News Time is 7.07. A Wheel of Fortune contestant loses when he forgets what a vowel is and Twitter reacts. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. For Florida lawmakers, Republicans, as well as Democrats, going soft on crime. That's the question I'm raising this morning. We'll get into it together in detail here in just a moment. Welcome to hour number two. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. It's not a crime if you take $1,000 from us. We want to give it to you in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour. Text the keyword to 200-200. If you're a winner, you'll get a notification call from area code 513. Once again, I'm telling you, answer that call. Listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win $1,000 and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. It's 7.08 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlining a really deeply disturbing Good Samaritan story here with a Florida byline to it. A man handing out $20 bills to pay for the meals of other customers at a Gainesville Waffle House is dead. Witnesses say that early Tuesday morning, 41-year-old Craig Brewer was picking up customers' tabs when he got into an argument with a woman apparently upset because he had not paid for her meal. Her friend allegedly left the Waffle House came back with a gun and shot Brewer in the head, killing him. 25-year-old Ezekiel Hicks arrested at the scene. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. One of the beauties of this business is I'm literally paid to have an opinion. And when it comes to crime, I'm a hawk. I'm a law and order guy. I want to be tough on the criminals. I want them to pay a penalty for their crime and how they have disturbed the peace in one way or another or violated the laws of this society that the rest of us keep. All right? I mean, I am a law and order guy all the way. It's why I love Trump on that topic and, of course, on a great many others as well. I don't like it when we go soft on crime, but I'm seeing more and more evidence of that And yesterday, I took note of the fact that the House Judiciary Committee in the state legislature unanimously voted in favor of a bill that goes soft on crime. There's no other way to look at it. That means all the Republicans, and a great many of them conservative Republicans, join all the Democrats in this criminal justice reform bill. Now, it's not law, but it has passed unanimously the powerful House Judiciary Committee in Tallahassee, and so it's going to have a lot of momentum behind it. I'll tell you what's in it in a moment after I set the stage by reminding you that we have statistics show crime, meaning we have too much of it, but at a 47-year low, the crime rate in the state of Florida. That's what the official stats show. Years ago, Florida installed mandatory minimum sentences for some violent crimes and drug offenses and, um, and a requirement that prisoners not be let out very early. They had to serve at least 85% of their terms in prison. 
But now you have the conservatives saying, well, we got too many people in prison. It costs too much money to incarcerate them. Of course, you have the bleeding heart liberals here, uh, you know, who, who just want to cut these criminals slack and reduce sentences. And they all got together and passed this, this um, criminal justice reform bill. And if you want to look it up, the bill is JDC 1902. And uh, it is, as it is written in a sentinel edition of this story, a veritable wish list of criminal justice reform, including the following. The bill, if it becomes law, would increase the threshold for being charged with felony theft when you shoplift from $300 worth of goods to $1,000 and expand programs helping released prisoners reintegrate into society. I can tell you that in the, in the, uh, in the theft uh, provision here, the retail uh, federation here in Florida, you know, Publix targets, the big retailers like Walmart and more and more, uh, they, they are unhappy about this. They argue that increasing that threshold from $300 to $1,000 would lead to softer punishments for organized theft rings targeting their stores. And so I have no doubt that it would. Also in this um, reform legislation passed unanimously by the uh, criminal, by the Florida Judiciary uh, Committee, the House Judiciary Committee, nonviolent drug offenders would also have their driver's licenses suspended for only six months instead of a year. Um, courts would have the discretion even to not suspend driver's licenses for certain offenses. In addition, state attorneys would no longer be required to charge violent juvenile offenders, the worst of the teenagers, for the things they do. You would not have to charge them as adults. Charge them as juveniles, lighter sentences for absolutely heinous crimes. And I have no idea where this came from, but it is in the Sentinel story. And also, and Yaffe, I know you've been waiting for this. Mandatory minimum sentences for selling horse meat need to be repealed as well. I have no idea what that what that's doing in the story. I didn't know he had a big uh, problem this, with that. This is a very big issue. People want to eat their horse meat, apparently. Hey, they do it in <laughs> France. It's really not, I haven't had any, but I'm what? sure it's a good practice. But, but, but they, they want to repeal them. The, the, they're even why? going soft on selling horse meat, for crying <laughs> out loud, which I had no idea was even illegal. I don't know. Am I making too much of this? Does this bother anybody else? You know, I think we ought to stay as tough on crime as we've been and be even tougher. And we're slouching in the other direction. And we see other evidence of that as well. We see it in our schools with the promise programs, the promise programs that the Obama people and Eric Holder put in. We saw that down in Parkland, you know. You look the other way, handle things internally, don't bring in law enforcement when you got kids completely out of control time after time after time. And we've seen other evidence of that as well here in Orlando. You know, guidelines for the police have changed in recent years. Uh, you, you need to, you know, twist yourself in knots to find a way not to arrest somebody, particularly someone who is a minority. I'm sorry. I don't think that's what we need in society. I don't like it when I see us going soft on crime. I don't like it that it was a unanimous vote for this this reform bill in the House Judiciary Committee, including all the Republicans, all the so-called conservative Republicans, along with the bleeding heart liberal Democrats. What do you think about that? The House is back sweeping criminal justice reforms in Tallahassee, and I see us going soft on crime, and I don't like it. What do you think? 407-916-5400. You okay with that? How about texting us at 23680? We'll get to it after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. 
Headlining some local election news now. There's going to be a new face on the Winter Park City Commission. Todd Weaver beat incumbent Pete Weldon in yesterday's runoff race for seat four. The 63-year-old Weaver won with more than 52% of the vote and will serve a three-year term. Stay with us for updates on our top stories, local, national, you name it, all morning here every 10 minutes on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So, I take note of the fact that the Florida House Judiciary Committee voted unanimously for this um, criminal justice reform bill um, that really uh, reduces penalties and, um, and, and lightens sentences uh, in, in, in too many areas. Why would we do that if we are at a 47-year low in terms of the Florida crime rate? Uh, it seems to me what we were doing with tough sentencing um, and tough penalties was working. Why would we back away from that? But it's not the first time we've seen it, is it, Yaffe? Yeah, this really is a trend across the country. Remember, it was last year when Democrats and Republicans in Congress passed criminal justice reform that did many of the same things. This is not just a Democrat issue anymore. Republicans are totally on board with this. I understand some of the good intentions, but I agree with you. It just seems silly when crime rates are low and have been going down to say, Okay, let's let everyone out of the prisons. Right. What what got <laughs> us there? Let's keep doing it, please. I mean, and this is where I parted company with uh, President Trump when he yeah. uh, when he signed into law the First Step Act, and and it aimed, among other things, to reduce recidivism and make it easier for prisoners to earn credit for early release. I mean, it just it it was all part of this trend in many ways. I feel um, that I find I find really disturbing. Yeah, I mean, there's some good things out of this. We want to focus on rehabilitation so people aren't just going on and on back into prison, out back into prison. But um, I, I really worry that we're going to regret this and crime's going to start going up. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, would rather see, I would rather see us doing things to further protect and defend the law-abiding majority, not the law-breaking minority. Oh, you mean like victims' rights as opposed to yes, prisoner rights? that would be yeah. another way to put it. What are the textures saying, gang? What do you see in there? Yes, yeah, so a lot of different takes on this. Uh, one person says, um, let's, let's see, it says, I'm confused. You're complaining about going soft on crime now, but you advocated for phones to have voting rights back, which was part of their debt to society. Felons, felons. Felons, sorry. Phone. Yeah. He wrote, literally wrote the word phones. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, probably one of those speaking talk, text things. And all so, of a sometimes sudden, you have to like literally yeah. translate talk to text, <laughs> stuff on the we'll text line. It's yeah. like a different language, felons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone else called Well, I, I, I want their, to have their, their, their voting rights back after they've paid their debt to society. I mean, that's a, that to me is a different deal. Eh, it passed, but I didn't vote for it. Uh, another texture says, Bud is talking out both sides of his mouth again. Amendment 4 reduced lifelong voting bans for felons to time served. Tough on crime. Hypocrite much. They really oh, they're they're against you on, on Amendment you, 4. Ooh. They always bring that back Yeah, to you. I'm not. Uh, listen, I, again, the concept of somebody being incarcerated for a given term of time is that they are paying their debt to society. You know, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't think anybody, some people out there don't get it. If I owe you $5,000 and I pay you $5,000, I've paid my debt to you. Don't come back to me and tell me I still owe you something. So when you have served your time and probation, fines, whatever else are associated with that, you get your rights back. 
Okay. Someone, someone agrees with you. They said, I guess people fail to realize the reason we're at a 47-year low in crime is because of these laws that are in place now. Somebody else says soft on teen crime. You know, see Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, the high school massacre Uh-oh. in Parkland. Don't get me started on you that know, promise. And the promise program. Oh. We talked oh. about it, and um, I know we'll talk about it again. Good morning, Orlando. Bud Hedinger, Allen Inspector, Mike Yaffe, and Melissa Fox with you on the 50,000-watt front porch until 9 o'clock. And Allen has the news update here at the bottom of the 7 o'clock hour. Bud, four Floridians are among two dozen people nationwide accused of ripping off Medicare. It's a nationwide fraud investigation based out of South Carolina. IRS Special Agent Matthew Line says the defendants came up with a scheme to con elderly and disabled people into getting prescriptions for expensive medical devices such as knee braces or back braces that they didn't need. By targeting Medicare beneficiaries, paying doctors for prescriptions, paying kickbacks and bribes, and in turn selling these prescriptions to DME companies. A DME companies refers to firms dealing in durable medical equipment, DME. The feds say Cregan Harry, Lester Stockett, and Elliot Lowenstein of Palm Beach County and Willie McNeil of Spring Hill asked for bribes and kickbacks in exchange for referrals. I can't tell you how many times we've gotten calls, you know, pitching some kind of a knee brace or something we're supposedly eligible for, you know, and and, and we had no interest in whatsoever, and we've just hung up on them repeatedly, but apparently they've been getting a lot of action. I refuse to answer any call that I don't recognize the number. Unless it comes from area code 513. I knew that was coming. And then I could uh, be a winner. Uh, in our nice save, make your wallet great again contest. By the way, the keyword to text is coming up after the top of the hour. There you go. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. It only just became legal, but some state lawmakers are already trying to put limits on smokable medical marijuana. A bill that would cap at 10% the euphoria inducing THC in smokable medical marijuana has cleared the House Appropriations Committee. Sponsor Ray Rodriguez points to studies that show less is more. He reiterates patients won't know what they're missing. We've only had smokable medical cannabis legal in this state for two weeks. But Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith fears setting limits will lead to patients turning to the black market. They want the higher potency and many of them need it because their doctors are asking for it. Even supporters admit the legislation may never get full House or Senate votes. Eric Rodriguez, Miami. The votes are still being tallied in Israel, but Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his party could be in power there for another term. Celebrating with supporters in Tel Aviv, Benjamin Netanyahu saying this is a night of a tremendous victory. Netanyahu's right-wing Likud party looks to be neck and neck with the centrist alliance led by a retired military chief. But it's Netanyahu who has a clearer path to power, with more allies ready to join him in parliament. It would be a record fifth term in office for Netanyahu, but he faces continued pressure over a corruption scandal, which he calls a witch hunt. Simon Owen, Fox News. The NCAA men's basketball national championship game was a ratings winner for CBS. An estimated 19 million people watched most of the game with the audience surging to more than 23 million during the overtime period. Top-seeded Virginia defeated Texas Tech to claim its first crown. And elsewhere, astronomers are set to release the first-ever photograph of a black hole. It will be unveiled today by the National Science Foundation. The images will come from the Event Horizon Telescope 
an international effort using eight linked radio observatories around the world. Black holes are collapsed stars whose gravity is so powerful that not even light can escape. Until now, images of black holes in space have been simulations and illustrations. Some scientists believe the groundbreaking photos being released today may provide new insight into Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. Very cool stuff there. Hopefully no red eye on the black hole photos. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, father, the father of a three-year-old boy is locked out of his iPad until the year 2067. Evan Osnos is a staff writer at The New Yorker and tweeted the news that his son, three years old, tried to hack into his iPad repeatedly. Now, Apple has a security feature that every time you enter the wrong passcode makes you wait a bit longer to try again. And the photo Osnos tweeted showed he had to wait more than 25 million minutes to try again. <laughs> Apple says the only way he can get back control of his device without a time machine is to do a full restore. He'll lose any data he hasn't backed up, but at least he won't have to wait 48 years to use it again. He'd be over 50. <laughs> the kid would, yeah. <laughs> Funny. Dad might be dead by then. <laughs> yeah, At least maybe. He didn't try to cut the guy's finger off. You know how the kids are now with the finger touch. What yeah. is that? You use your finger to turn on the iPad. Yeah. A lot of kids, you'll see the little ones grabbing at their mom's hands to push the finger button so they can access the iPad. No kidding. Oh. Yeah, there was a James Bond movie where he cut off a guy's hand so he could activate exactly. a door Someone's that, paying attention. that only opened with a handprint. Oh, I'm paying attention. I'm just like, No, I mean the wow, iPad. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. That, was, that was in Die Another Day, by yes, the way. Yes, that's right. I remember Thank that. Thank you, Alan. Spectre. And finally, it's time for another Florida Man story. Are you ready? A Florida man is in custody after threatening to destroy a town with an army of turtles. On the Space Coast, Indy Atlantic officials say 61-year-old Thomas Devaney Lane accosted several town businesses by yelling obscenities, calling himself a saint, and promising to destroy everyone using his turtle army. After the arrest, Lane reportedly threw a violent tantrum before leaving the police station and being picked up again for harassing customers at a 7-Eleven. He's now in the Brevard County Jail in charges of disturbing the peace, resisting arrest, and misusing 911. Has to be a Florida man. It, <laughs> oh, yeah. Where else? Are these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something? How long do you think that yes, would take yes. the army to find? I'm getting this visual of these turtles working their way in as an army. It's Slowly but surely, slow. Melissa, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't want to do, do anything hasty, and we've got just... Just the troops to make sure yeah. that doesn't happen. You know, revenge is a, <laughs> a, a dish best served cold. Yeah, and something and slow, like that. Yeah. That is crazy. You know, uh, it, remember a while ago this thing was red hot on the Internet? All you had to do was Google Florida man, put your birthday in, and guarantee there'd be a bizarre story coming up. Yeah. And, and you do it, and you'll find out it to be true, although there are a few more bizarre than that one. And you can find more about this story and others that we talk about on the Elsewhere feature on our Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Lots of good stuff cranked out by my co-host Alan Spector. The Elsewhere segment, lots of fun. And, of course, all the news, whether it's fun or not, top and bottom of the hour and whenever it breaks. Fun and games next. The Daily Sound Judgment Game. You're eligible by company rules to play and win if you have not won in the last 30 days. We've got a four-pack of tickets, and these are valuable tickets, to the one and only Florida Film Festival. You're going to meet stars. You're going to meet producers, directors, indie films, international films. It's an incredible event. And um, 
we're giving away four tickets. That's a heck of a prize, and we want you to win. And in order to win, you got to be ready to play, and you got to get on the 50,000-watt front porch by phone to do it. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Toll free is 866-916-5400. Uh, it's sound judgment coming right up. And, hey, if that particular prize isn't your cup of tea, as I always say, give those tickets away to somebody in the family, circle of close friends, the gang at work, and they will love you for it. 407-916-5400. Sound judgment after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Local sports headline now for you. The playoff-bound Orlando Magic finish their regular season schedule at Charlotte tonight. The Magic can be 6th, 7th, or 8th seed in the NBA's Eastern Conference. They are tied with Brooklyn for 6th, but the Nets hold that tiebreaker. Brooklyn hosts the Miami Heat tonight. Go Magic! Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Ready to go on the sound judgment game. If you're trying to get in, a wrong answer will open up a line, and you can call it quickly and still win. 407-916-5400. Melissa, what about this prize? Oh, it's an awesome prize. It's a four-pack of tickets to the Florida Film Festival, which kicks off this Friday. It is 10 days, 180-plus films. Great time for anybody who likes to rub uh, elbows with celebrities. You've got Richard Dreyfus coming into town and UCF's own celebration of the Blair Witch Project's 20th anniversary. Again, you can get your tickets by going to FloridaFilmFestival.com or you can win the four-pack right here with Sound Judgment. I'll never forget going to um, the Blair Witch Project when it oh. you know first came out. And I saw it at the NZN myself, and that's where most of these films will be taking can place. Can you believe it's been 20 years? No! It's amazing. Oh, did did you see that, Yaffe? Did you ever see that? Blair Witch? It was great. Was it? Oh, I, know, I thought I liked so. the last I, I don't broadcast. remember it being. I don't know. I thought it was pretty scary. Come on. It was from UCF. Come on, Yaffe. Get, really? a, get yeah, in I line I have here. To like it. Yeah, you have what to like it. What an old poop you are. Gee whiz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got, it takes a lot to scare me. I'm anyway, the contestant's saying, hey, hey, what about us? We're over here. Yeah. Are we going to play this game or not? Yes, uh, we are. And here we go. so impatient. Here we go. Are you ready? President Trump's Attorney General Bill Barr was grilled on Capitol Hill yesterday and, among other things, said he hopes to release a redacted version of the Mueller report next week. Now, among attorneys general, Bill Barr has a rare claim to fame. Earlier in his career, Barr served another president as attorney general. Listen to some sound of Barr's testimony yesterday, then use your sound judgment to name the other U.S. president Bill Barr served as attorney general. From my standpoint... Uh, by the by, uh, within a week, uh, I will be in a position to release the report to the public. The voice of Attorney General Bill Barr. He is Trump's Attorney General. He also was another president's Attorney General. Name that president, and you are our winner. Line one. Name the president. Dwight uh, Eisenhower. No, it's not Dwight Eisenhower. G. That was close. I like Ike. Yeah, yeah. That was great to have 97-year-old Bill Barr yeah. uh, as, as Ike's attorney general in 1953 or something. He barely right? waddled up to the uh, <laughs> table to give his testimony yesterday. <laughs> Ike, huh? 
Good try. <laughs> Sorry. Open line 407 916 Missed it by that much. I didn't think there were any laughs to be had in this particular version of the game. I was wrong. Thank you, listeners. Yes. Line two, you're up. Name that president. Netanyahu. No, no. Even farther off the mark. Yeah. Stay in this country. Are you going to be kidding? This is a, this is a former U.S. president <laughs> who who had an attorney general named Bill Barr, who is now attorney general under Trump. Name that president. It's been in the news. Line three. It was George H. Bush. George H. Bush, Bush 41, right? That's right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Excellent. You're going to the Florida Film Festival on us. And Brilliant. You, you got three other folks going along with you. Any idea who makes the trip? Oh, yes. The rest of the family were all... Big movie buffs. I love that. What's your first name? I'm Mark from Kissimmee. Wait a minute. Mark, you sound like you may be from across the pond. Are you from the UK? A little bit, yes. About 24 years ago. Yeah. Now, you got to watch that, that pronunciation down there. It's only Kissimmee at night, right? It's Kissimmee <laughs> by day. That's right. You're right. <laughs> Mark, thank you. It's great to have you uh, with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Orlando. Thank you very much. Love the show. Yeah, it's great to have you with us here. Absolutely right. I'll put you and uh, Melissa together off air. We'll make arrangements for that prize because you, sir, have earned it. Eisenhower. <laughs> Netanyahu. <laughs> Might as well have guessed Lincoln. Things you know? were not going well. I mean, I proudly billboard, you know, our listeners as the smartest audience in talk radio, but you get a few clinkers here and there. Well, you know? ironic, too, that the one who got it right is from another country. So. That is a little ironic, <laughs> isn't it? This was a this was a little bit of a wild ride here. Yeah. What in the world is going on? Yeah, what is going on, bud? Headlines right now. While we're talking about Attorney General Bill Barr, he says he hopes to release the redacted Mueller report within a week. In a House hearing uh, yesterday, Barr said he is working to make as much of the report public as he can. He stressed the special counsel Robert Mueller played no role in crafting his four-page summary to Congress last month. Barr will be testifying on Capitol Hill again this morning, and I think I'm going to watch just because they didn't lay a glove on him, and I don't think they'll be able to this morning. He is a real cool hand and an old pro. Bill Barr updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a beautiful looking Wednesday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, a measles emergency. More in one minute. A college course on angry white men. Next on Good Morning Orlando. New York City is declaring a public health emergency in Brooklyn and ordering vaccinations. Sharon Crowley of Fox 5 New York reports that comes in the wake of a measles outbreak that's threatening to get out of control. 
New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio issuing an executive order telling Brooklyn's ultra-Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods to get their children vaccinated in the next 48 hours or face a $1,000 fine. Children are in danger. Health officials are up against a small but defiant resistance here. This Brooklyn mother of five says it's against her religious beliefs to immunize her children. I will never, ever, ever vaccinate. The CDC said in the year 2000, they considered measles a Eradicated in the United States. Now, some 19 states have cases of the measles. And that includes Florida. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Emotional testimony is expected today in South Florida as the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission reconvenes. Commission members will take a critical eye to the way family members were reunified after the Parkland tragedy and how others were told their loved ones were not coming back. Ryan Petty lost his daughter that day. I can't imagine it. Uh, that it could have been handled any worse than it was by the Broward Sheriff's Office. After listening to other victims' parents and to lessons learned from the Orlando Pulse attack, he hopes they'll be able to offer recommendations to law enforcement. Heaven forbid there are, there are future families that have to deal with a tragedy of this or similar magnitude don't have to be put through the agony that our families were put through. Eric Rodriguez, Miami. Governor Ron DeSantis announcing his first overseas trip. Starting on May 25th, he'll lead a trade delegation to Israel. Yeah, that, that's exciting. That's never been done before, I don't think, by a Florida governor, at least in terms of the fact he's going to be holding a cabinet meeting there as well, right? At the uh, new U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. How about that? A man handing out $20 bills to pay for the meals of other customers at a Gainesville Waffle House is dead. There is actual video evidence of the homicide occurring. We will now spend the days, weeks, and months ahead to figure out why it happened. Alachua County Sheriff's Lieutenant Brett Rodenheiser. Witnesses say early Tuesday morning, 41-year-old Craig Brewer was picking up customers' tabs when he got into an argument with a woman apparently upset because he had not paid for her meal. Her friend allegedly left the Waffle House, came back with a gun, and shot Brewer multiple times in the head. 25-year-old Ezekiel Hicks was arrested at the scene. SpaceX on schedule to launch a Falcon Heavy rocket and a Saudi Arabian communications satellite from Kennedy Space Center tonight. The weather forecast, 80% go for liftoff at 6.36 p.m. Dwayne Wade made his final home game in Miami a night to remember, scoring 30 points as the Heat beat Philadelphia 122-99. And Wade says he went out his way. For some reason, Kobe set this incredible bar that your last game you got to score 60. I don't know why everybody think everybody's going to do that, but I told everybody I'm going to go out, you know, in D-Wade fashion. However, because Detroit also won and the Pistons owned the tiebreaker, Wade and the Heat were eliminated from playoff contention. WFLA News time is 8.06. An Uber driver is accused of burglarizing his passenger's home after dropping them off. That story and pictures are online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And the best audience in talk radio. And thank you so much for being with us here on the 50,000 watt front porch. Uh, Going to talk about this um, latest example of liberal indoctrination of students on college campuses. Um, what is going on at the University of Kansas, where they are offering a new course entitled 
angry white male studies. We'll be talking about it, and I would like to take calls and texts only from you angry white guys out there and what you would tell those kids if you are a guest lecturer in their angry white male studies class. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. That's where we begin our number three after this. Yeah, would one of the things they say be get off my lawn? Your, <laughs> yeah, they would. Your chance to make your wallet great again coming right up. Win $1,000 in our texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour. Text that keyword to 200-200. If you're a winner, you'll get a notification call from area code 513 How many times can I tell you? Answer it. Listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win $1,000 and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. It's 8.08 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlining local election news now, there's going to be a new face on the Winter Park City Commission. Todd Weaver beat incumbent Pete Weldon in yesterday's runoff race for seat four. The 63-year-old Weaver won with more than 52% of the vote and will serve a three-year term on the Winter Park City Commission. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories are promised to you all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. I'm really hoping for input on the text line and the phone lines exclusively from you angry white men out there. So be ready to uh, chime in as we tell you about this college course that they're unveiling at the University of Kansas. It's really interesting. Uh, Obviously a bastion of progressivism, liberalism in the middle of a deep red conservative state. Um, They're going to be teaching a course on presenting a course entitled Angry White Male Studies. It's going to be taught by a white professor. We don't have any idea how angry he may be. Um, Where does the term angry white men come from? I think it's used to describe uh, these days politically anybody who voted for Trump. And uh, in Bill Clinton, right after his wife lost the election that nobody believed on their side could possibly be lost to Trump in November of 2016, Bill Clinton classically remarked that Trump doesn't know much, but he does know how to get angry white men to vote for him. Um, So anyway, we're going to have this course taught at the University of Kansas here, uh, you know, and further indoctrinating from the liberal side of the ledger, as they do in academia, um, the young impressionable students who need to toe the line to get the good grade. I mean, we see this all the time in the evils of white men. You know, whether or not it's Christopher Columbus um, credited with discovering America, you know, in infecting the Native Americans, killing the Native Americans, whatever it happens to be, and then succeeding generations of white men wiping out the Native Americans across the land all the way to the West Coast that the white man is responsible for all the evils. White man bad, any other group, not necessarily good, but most certainly better. So I ask you, if you were a guest lecturer in front of these students at the University of Kansas in their class on angry white male studies, what might you tell them makes you angry. 
407-916-5400. Toll free 866-916-5400. The text line open at 23680. Their standard message and data rates may apply, and that may make you angry, but there's nothing I can do. That's company rules. You know, I would say if they brought me in, Yaffe, you know, I'd give him an earful on on how the greatness of this country was largely the product of decisions made by white men. Yeah, it's true. We didn't have, you know, women didn't have the vote. Minorities weren't considered, blacks in particular, and that's not right. But a lot of great things happened at the hands of white men. And a lot of great things are still happening at the hands of white men. And I'm sick and tired of us being demonized as the source of every evil and every bad thing that happens in this great country. Yeah, I was going to say what makes me angry are studies and college courses just like this that are pointless. And all they do is fuel political and racial division, really. I mean, my question is, what good does a class like this do for our country? What good does it accomplish? I think that's a great question. I think it's going to empower women. No. Well, nothing wrong with empowering women. No, but this isn't going to do it. And matter of fact, Title IX kind of addresses this. I don't know if you're familiar with it in the United States. Well, of course I am. You know, they were not supposed to be excluded. So can I take the angry white man course? I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. And, you know, when I hear that, the first person I think of is the uh, the iconic uh, Archie Bunker, the angry white man. Yeah, there you go. Things were changing around him and he was not up to snuff. Yeah, exactly. So let me let me uh, let me tell you what you think. You, you can give us input on what you think about that course. OK. And you got Yaffe's take on that in particular. Um, but if you were a guest lecturer one day in the University of Kansas course entitled Angry White Male Studies. Seriously, this is not a joke. What would you tell him? Makes you angry in this day and age in 21st century America. What is it those kids would need to hear? I'd like calls only from angry white men. That'll be different. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not so much, right? We hardly ever get those here. (laughs) No, we never do, do we? 407-916-5400. Toll free 866-916-5400 and the text line 23680. We can have a little bit of fun with this, but I think this is, is a really serious thing to consider. You know, what would you tell those kids in that course and that professor in that course that they need to hear? Yeah, I am angry. Let me tell you about what and let me tell you about why. Let's do it, shall we? And we will. Headlines are while we're talking about angry white men. Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders says he'll release his tax returns by Monday. The Vermont senator telling the New York Times that book sales have helped make him a millionaire. A billionaire. <laughs> Sanders vowed to release 10 years of tax returns, challenged President Trump to do the same. No dice there. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Taking note of this course, they're unveiling at the University of Kansas Angry White Men Studies and asking you, angry white guys, only to call us and uh, tell us what you would tell them in that class is ticking you off. And, Alan, the phones have lit up. Let's go to the Angry White Men phone and talk to Dave from Leesburg. Good morning, Dave. Are you angry? 
Yeah, temporarily, yes, just while hearing about this nonsense. <laughs> well, calm down just a bit and tell us what you think. Uh, these students need to be reminded that it was a bunch of uh, angry white men who fought in the Civil War to put an end to slavery. And it's a bunch of angry white men that gave the vote to women in 1920. So it took a bunch of angry white men to correct all this stuff that uh, other angry white men caused earlier. So so angry white men are the cause of problems and the solution. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Very interesting, Dave. I appreciate it. I don't know too many angry white men or and too many guys named Marge, but I, we've got one on the line right now. <laughs> Hello, Marge from Port St. Lucie. Hi, bud. Listen, I've got two points. First of all, I agree with you. Those wonderful, angry white men who are the foundation of our country, whether or not these foolish kids know it or not. Second of all, most important, I'd like to know how many angry white men are paying their tuition for this ridiculous course. Oh, that's a great question, Marge. Thank you very much. We'll have to do the research. Uh, text line exploding on this. Uh, yeah, one person had said the only angry white men he ever runs into are progressives and liberals and socialists, <laughs> not um, not conservatives. Interesting. Uh, another one, white men fought wars to develop this world into a better place for development. Other countries and cultures just kept regressing all the progression. That's probably why we are angry white men. Hmm. What else we got, Alan? Back to the phones and Dave in Mount Dora. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Uh, Look, I think this is just another plan to divide and feminize America by the socialists. But look, the kids there in college need to realize it was white men who discovered this country, who explored it, who settled it, who developed it, who cleared the land and built the farms and ran the farms in Kansas and then built railroads to get there. And in the second half of the 19th century, made the greatest economic miracle the world has ever seen that provides the lifestyle for these college students to enjoy the best economy in the world today. And they also fought the Civil War, and they made the best uh, lifestyle we can ever imagine today. So that they should realize where their bread is buttered and how the white men really developed the greatest country in the world. And the college that they live in and work in is built probably and founded by white people. Yeah, that's where the bread is buttered. Uh, but in this case, with angry white men, it may be mayonnaise instead of butter. When you are the guest lecturer, though, Dave, I want to be there because you'll be giving them what fur. <laughs> well, here's really why all of this is ridiculous. We talk about angry white men and other races. The fact is we're all individuals, no matter what our race is. So there are angry white men, there are not angry white men, there are white men who have done bad things, there are white men who have done good things, just like in every other race, and women as well. The idea we focus on these groups instead of the individual is the problem. Taking calls from angry white men only. We had a guy named Marge early. (laughs) We got a guy named Cindy from Satellite joining us right now. Go ahead, uh, Cindy, what about it? Um, I think it's reverse discrimination. If they have a class on angry black men, uh, our country would go into a complete freak out, you know. And um, they're teaching the kids, they're dividing our country. They're trying any way they can. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate it. Man, I'll tell you what, I mean, we could go until 10 o'clock 
on this topic. Maybe we'll revisit it once they actually kick off the Angry White Man Studies course at the University of Kansas. Until then, we've got to get you up to date on what's going on. And the man to do that's my co-host, Alan Spector. Bud State lawmakers are still fooling around with smokable medical marijuana and infant deaths prompt a call for a recall. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together, just two minutes away. It's 829 on Good Morning Orlando. Alan Spector updating our news here at the bottom of the hour. We had a lot of pushback on implementing the medical marijuana amendment. Then we got into political pushback on smokable marijuana. And we've got an update on all of that this morning. Just when you thought it was settled, bud, it's (laughs) not. State lawmakers are already trying to impose restrictions on smokable medical marijuana. The House Appropriations Committee approving a bill that would limit the content of euphoria-inducing THC to 10%. Sponsor Ray Rodriguez stresses that smokable medical marijuana has only been legal in Florida for two weeks. So it's not like these folks have been buying this product at MMTCs, and now uh, we're at a point where if this bill passes, they're going to lose something that they've had for a long time. But Orlando Democrat Carlos Guillermo Smith fears the potential consequences. It's just going to incentivize people to get cannabis on the black market, which we don't want. The bill also includes a provision offering veterans free state-issued medical marijuana ID cards. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida's highest court will decide if Governor Ron DeSantis had the authority to suspend Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. Israel claims DeSantis did not have the power to remove him, but a lower court sided with the governor last week. Israel appealed the decision, and DeSantis asked the 4th District Court of Appeal to send the case immediately to the state Supreme Court. The appeals court has agreed to the governor's request, saying issues raised by the case are of great public importance. A state Senate hearing on Israel's suspension is on hold. Rick Hoshul, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. A former SeaWorld corporate attorney is pleading guilty to securities fraud. Paul Powers admits to personally making thousands of dollars through insider trading last year. Federal prosecutors say he read confidential documents to determine the Orlando-based company would exceed Wall Street expectations in quarterly earnings. He then illegally purchased numerous shares of SeaWorld stock. Demands are growing for a company to recall a product that's linked to the deaths of infants. The American Academy of Pediatrics is calling on Fisher Price to pull its rock and play sleeper. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is asking people to stop using them if their child is able to roll over in the sleeper. The commission and Fisher Price issued a warning after reports came out about almost a dozen baby deaths linked to that sleeper, urging parents to keep kids three months or older out of it. That said, Fisher Price is not yet issuing a recall, thinking the sleeper did not cause those deaths because some of the babies had previous medical conditions or the product was not used correctly. Ken Duffy, Fox News. The playoff-bound Orlando Magic finished their regular season schedule at Charlotte tonight. The Magic can be the sixth, seventh, or eighth seed in the NBA's Eastern Conference. They're currently tied with Brooklyn for six, but the Nets hold the tiebreaker. Brooklyn hosting the Miami Heat tonight. And elsewhere... A contestant on Jeopardy is taking home a hefty prize. His name, James Holzhauer, and he set the new single-day record on last night's episode. 4,400 off the one-day record, James. Okay, I'll try. Uh, And how much did you raise? 
38,314. A new one-day record, 110,914. Is it too soon to start thinking about Ken Jennings' comparisons? Ken Jennings, of course, the contestant who was on for years, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah, the longest-running contestant, but never had a day like this guy had. Over $110,000. That's like taking everything off the board, isn't it, just about? Pretty much. It's amazing. And making big bets along the way. The previous record uh, for a single day on Jeopardy was $77,000, set back in 2010, and Holzhauer has now won over $240,000 total on Jeopardy, and I believe that's in four nights. Now, I don't know how far ahead they record um, these shows, but it was great to hear the voice of Alex Trebek. I mean, how's he doing? I haven't heard an update. He's battling stage four pancreatic cancer and says he's going to keep keep on working. Haven't seen an update on It's, it's great to Alex. hear his voice, though. The Polk County Jail has some unexpected extra security. Yesterday, Sheriff Grady Judd tweeted out a picture of a large alligator that has stationed itself outside the facility. Judd says their big dog is watching the back fence. There you go. Love that. And finally, Texas Senator Ted Cruz is catching a lot of heat for prematurely celebrating a Texas Tech victory on Twitter during Monday night's NCAA Men's Basketball Championship game. Uh Uh-oh. The Republican was at the game, tweeted a selfie, captioned, 35 seconds, one-point lead, go Red Raiders, number one defense. Unfortunately for the Red Raiders, Cruz, and Texas Tech fans, Virginia tied the game and won the title in overtime, 85-77. to Among the tweets aimed at Cruz from disappointed Texas Tech fans, quote, this is why they lost, cursed image, and Ted Cruz is the kiss of death. Whoa, pretty chilly. Rough. <laughs> Lion Ted strikes again. <laughs> okay, you, Alan. You can find more on all of these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere with Alan Spector. Up next, I've been pondering something after doing a little bit of reading. And is it possible that our governor will be the key to our president winning a second term? We'll make the case here in a moment and see what you think after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. International headlines right now. Israel's three main TV channels now declaring Benjamin Netanyahu the winner of a fifth term as prime minister, even though he's running neck and neck with challenger Benny Gantz. But with 97% of the votes counted, Netanyahu is in a strong position to form a coalition government with other right-wing parties that have backed him in the past. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. Count on it on Good Morning Orlando. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio 93.1. Hosted by WFLA's Mr. All Day, All Night, our executive producer in the morning, Mike Yaffe. Already looking forward to helping folks uh, navigate the drive home and stay up to date on what's going on, right? You know, I got a nice compliment from someone last week said, I am the conscience of WFLA. The Yaffe is the conscience of the station. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Wait, you're the conscience of the station? Uh, Yes. Yes, sir. (laughs) Once again, does that make me the red-headed stepchild? Uh, I don't know what that is. And, you know, then there's the the unconscionable bud man, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, we'll cover uh, the latest breaking (laughs) national and local news tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. There you go. It's great stuff on the way home. You will love it. And uh, Yaffe has a great 
a great take on the issues of the day, local, national, whatever it happens to be. And Yaffe and I are, and, and perhaps you are as well, really impressed with a great start Governor Ron DeSantis has gotten off to, and he is polling through the roof. A Mason-Dixon poll recently we reported on 62% approval, which is sky high, way sky high. I mean, his predecessor, Rick Scott, barely ever got to 50% approval, okay? And you know how tough it is for President Trump to get to 50% approval. 62% among the most popular and well-regarded governors in the entire country. But it is amazing as we consider whether or not our governor, Ron DeSantis, in this biggest battleground state of all, could be the key to Trump getting a second term. Listen to how well he is polling in areas where Republican governors generally don't in this state. He has a 53% approval rating, DeSantis does, down in heavily Democratic Southeast Florida. Huge Jewish vote there. And they're very liberal in Broward and Palm Beach County in particular. But they're 53% on board with DeSantis. That's an astounding number. And now DeSantis is going to strengthen that. And that's a huge population down there when he goes to Israel and holds a cabinet meeting over there in May. That's amazing stuff. I mean, think about that. And then he polls very, very strong with almost any constituency you can name. Um, way up in the 60s among men, voters over 50 and whites, uh, and, 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 and very strong, at least 50% with women, with voters under 50, with Hispanics up in the mid-50s right now. And even blacks, even though he, he, he just wrongly got, got tagged as a racist by his black opponent, Andrew Gillum, in the general election, you know, called him a racist, essentially. He's 39% positive with blacks, 38% negative. I mean, these numbers are astounding. And you remember that the Trump endorsement of DeSantis leapfrogged DeSantis over the GOP establishment favorite for governor, Adam Putnam. And he never looked back. And it just could be that having gotten DeSantis on the map in Florida, that DeSantis's strength in this battleground state could be the key if they play it right and campaign together aggressively in this state to Trump winning Florida's 29 electoral votes. That could be the whole key to the race. And it all starts with Trump endorsing DeSantis. But now if DeSantis campaigns for Trump with Trump in this state, and if he continues to poll as well across party lines as he is, I'm telling you right now, our state, which has been turning purple-headed blue, could be jerked back bright red and win the presidency in 2020 for one Donald Trump. Could DeSantis be the key to it all? What do you think about that? 407-916-5400. Am I overstating the case? Text me at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Updating headlines for you right now, Attorney General William Barr says he hopes to release the redacted Mueller report within a week. In a House hearing Tuesday, Barr said he's working to make as much of that report public as he can. Barr stressing that Special Counsel Robert Mueller played no role in crafting his four-page summary to Congress last month. 
and Barr will be testifying again in open hearings this morning on Capitol Hill. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories, and we keep it up all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. Can't remember the last time I thought about a governor having coattails to benefit a president. But this is such an important battleground state with 29 electoral votes down here. And DeSantis is polling so well in every demographic group, you know, and across the political spectrum with Democrats, with minorities, unlike most Republicans. And, uh, you know, he could be exactly what uh, Trump needs to lock up this critically important state and its 29 electoral votes and secure a second term. It doesn't sound to me like an outrageous prospect. Let me disagree. I don't think DeSantis is going to have coattails for Trump, and I think one of the reasons he's polling well in Democratic and traditionally liberal areas is because he has presented himself since becoming governor as almost the anti-Trump. He's a nice guy. He's relatable uh, as opposed to the image that Donald Trump has with a lot of Floridians, and I don't think just because Ron DeSantis says uh, vote for Trump that that's going to necessarily happen with these people who are leaning more toward the left. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I actually disagree with that. I think it could help Trump a little bit. In fact, his poll numbers in Florida have gone up since DeSantis has been elected. Not by much. He's still not nearly as popular as Governor DeSantis. Um, That being said, you had made the point to me earlier that DeSantis is not running in 2020. Right. So there's a lot of people that might not even vote, you know, they're not going to go out and try to vote for DeSantis because he's not running, so they might not even vote at all yeah. if they like DeSantis. Here's the thing. I think it's going to be just as close as our election for governor was here in Florida. I mean, we what, within 3,000 votes? 33,000. 33,000. Which is nothing That's in a state of this many million infinitesimal. people. Infinitesimal. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, just looking at that and the last two presidential races, it's anybody's game. Let me bring on Robert from DeBerry on this. What about it? Could DeSantis be the key to Trump winning a second term, Robert, or is that overstated? I believe uh, that uh, you have may have something there, although I think that President Trump's problems is not just Florida. He's going to have to still get help with Ohio and Pennsylvania, which he's not polling very well with uh, right now. But, uh, yeah, I do agree that DeSantis is probably the best thing that has happened to the state of Florida in a very long time since maybe Jeb Bush. Um, but he's, he's, he's polling really well, and I'm pulling for him because I really think that he's a great guy. And I think he, uh, and so far everything that he's doing is um, right, on, right, on tar- right on target. All right, Robert, thanks. I appreciate it. It's amazing to me, Alan, when I think of what a lame campaign that, that by any measure he ran. It well, really was lame how, how fine a governor he is. Well, speaking of the campaign... Uh, He really uh, wrapped himself up in the Trump flag during that campaign. He was all in on Donald Trump, you know, with the various TV commercials showing him with the governor, uh, with the president. And now since becoming governor, you've hardly heard a word about Donald Trump out of the mouth of Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I think the key to this, if he's going to make a difference for the for for Trump in Florida, uh, would be they'd have to campaign aggressively and campaign together. You know, and we'll see whether or not all of this unfolds. Still a ways to go on that. Text line's active, and we always get great incoming on that. Yeah, one person said, uh, could you imagine now how it could have been? We came very close, talking about if Gillum won. 
Those angels were looking over Florida. We dodged the big left-wing political bullet, no doubt about that. Another one of our contributors today says, I love it. I hope Trump and DeSantis hold us together. Don't let all the New Yorkers moving here change us. You know, we did have some texters who were saying, just to kind of paraphrase here, they're not happy with DeSantis going over to Israel when he's the governor of the state of Florida. There are a few. And they don't want him holding a cabinet meeting over there. But I got to tell you, I think that most people aren't going to have a big problem with that if they have any problem with it. You take a look in southeast Florida with the huge Jewish vote in Broward and Palm Beach counties. He's already polling 53% there. Those are all Democrats. And they like DeSantis. They'll love him even more when he comes back. Yeah, I'm sure it, that had nothing to do with him making this trip. But you know, Well, he's been very pro-Israel. This yeah. isn't something he just hatched out, you know, you know. But coincidentally, he'll benefit from it. There you go. Anyway, interesting. Love playing the political parlor games with you, and we always we always get great insight, not only from our gang here, uh, Alan and, and Yaffe and, and Melissa and, uh, and yours truly, but from truly the, uh, the smartest, most engaged audience in talk radio. And, uh, folks, this is where you want to be for the best in talk on the way home with Yaffe's show from 5 to 6. Have you checked in on PM Orlando? Want to recommend it to you, and I know you're already thinking about tonight's lineup. Well, yeah, William Barr uh, continues to talk to Congress, so we'll see what happens there. So far, he's done really well. One point that I wanted to make is the Democrats were saying there might be a cover-up with the Mueller report. He came out yesterday and said that the redactions will be color-coded with different explanations on each redaction why they are there. Yeah, That doesn't sound like a cover-up to me. I think they want to know what color marker he used and why as well. And they'll never be happy. Uh-uh. No, I don't like the colors. They're all wrong. Why did you use Sharpie <laughs> Red? This is a problem. Crazy. Been great being with you here on the 50,000-watt front porch where your seat is reserved every morning from 6 until 9. Go out and make it a great day. For the whole team, the Bud Men here, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.